Hello everybody, it's Marcy from wavesofcommunication.com. Welcome to another episode of the Language Facilitation Helpline podcast, and thank you for tuning in today. The fastest results come when you enjoy the process of language facilitation. Today, we're going to be talking about just exactly how much more value you can find in spoken language facilitation effort than you can in speech therapy. So that's what we're going to be digging into today. I'm going to be sharing with you five reasons that language facilitation is more valuable to families than speech therapy. ABA, picture boards, and even behavior communication therapy, all these other therapies that are designed to um, get fast results when therapists do them are all exchange-based. And we're going to be talking about how language facilitation is different in five ways that you can find more value when you put your energy and investment in language facilitation. That's the whole reason that the platform exists. So let's dig into these ideas so that you can think about them from your perspective and help you make a choice. So the first reason that language facilitation is more valuable than all those other things that are available to you is that it costs less money. You can get started with language facilitation for free just by watching YouTube videos. The books are relatively low in I mean, less than 50 bucks to get the workbook. You could even buy a couple of them. You know, as you move through your journey, you buy the one year record that takes you a whole year. So you can invest in the books, you can invest in training, even if you invest to work with me in the lifetime program with the most expensive option, it's $4,400. And you can get lifetime support for language facilitation. I wonder in co-payments, gas, and all of the other expenses, the gifts you give to the therapist, the coffee you buy at Starbucks every time you drive there, the snacks you have to get or the rewards that you have to buy to bribe your child or reinforce them to do work. All of those things cost money. And I believe that the way I have structured language facilitation is that it is less expensive than all of those options. So that's the first reason language facilitation is more valuable. Second reason language facilitation is more valuable is that it makes everyday living easier and more enjoyable. Your everyday living, in your house, in your job, if you're working from home, when you travel, when you visit families, when you go to parties, when you send your child to school, Language facilitation makes everyday living, your everyday living, more enjoyable, easier and more enjoyable. And because you are facilitating spoken language at the same time, you are facilitating all these other things. That's why it happens. Now, remember, speech therapy and all these other things, they will separate their work from your house or 
they will take their work and try to make you do their work as a therapist in your house. And that doesn't make your life easier and more enjoyable. It makes your life more challenging and full of stuff to do. Your homework, right? Language facilitation integrates those things so that you do the things you have to do, you need to do, you want to do. You don't have to give any of that up because you use all of those opportunities to connect with your lay talker and facilitate the spoken language about them. You are also using independence, motivation of your child to take the action they need to become more independent, to learn what they need, to practice what they learned, and to show up showing people what they have learned, using it in real practical experiences in the world. That's what we facilitate and that's what makes your life easier and more enjoyable. It's successful, right? Speech therapists don't care about the success in your life unless they are a facilitator coach and they're listening to you talk about what you have. That's what I do as a coach. I listen to you talk about the problems you have in your life and I help you solve those problems because through solving those problems, you get the results you want, meaning your life is easier and enjoyable and you like it, okay? Here's the third reason that language facilitation is more valuable than any other therapy I can think of. And it is because it takes a shorter time with language facilitation to see here, basically, the results you want, which is independent speech. Your child talking to you instead of using their behavior to communicate their wants, needs, feelings, ideas, desires. They're saying it in words. That's the goal of language facilitation. There's no, if he learns the signs, he'll transfer that into speech. If he does the picture board, it'll move. No, we start from the beginning facilitating speech, functional, independent speech that your late talker can use with everybody in the world, not just the people who understand how the talkie box is programmed or the signs or gestures or whatever your child is using, the gimmies, the wants, the I want whatever's, okay? We don't worry about any of that because all of that stuff is distracting your child and your energy away from facilitating the spoken language that your child needs to not need any of that stuff that they can communicate with everybody using, okay? So that's the number three thing about this. Number four is that language facilitation results are natural and continue to be used without prompting. So when you dig into the language facilitation model and you set up your opportunities throughout your day, you organize them, you come in as the leader, the facilitator of that activity and that opportunity. That is when the lay talker shows up and learns valuable things. Remember, they have to see the time as valuable. That's why it's important that you see the time as valuable. I'm organizing this. You put in the responsible effort needed to 
establish a really nice language facilitation opportunity so that you can dig in and provide the language models that are needed to teach a new skill, facilitate a new level, work on the new thing that your child needs to work on to help them become independent and using spoken language. You know what these things are, particularly in the workbook where you are analyzing your child every day and increasing your analysis every week, identifying what have they learned in the past week and how do I integrate that into the next week? And you do that every week, every day. What did I learn today that I can put into my new plan? What didn't work that I need to get rid of? What does my child already know that I don't have to facilitate anymore? How do I help them evolve, right? Natural language facilitation continues to implement functionally the skills that you used. It's not like he just says the word in the therapy and yeah, he did a great job. He said X amount of words today or he followed two-step commands today. Remember, that's all they're gauging because that's what they see as progress. Compliance or output. Tick. Woohoo! Speech therapy is doing its work because I witnessed this child. I made this child do something right in front of me. And so now I know the child's capable and my job is done. I don't have to help them integrate it into the world. My job as a therapist is just to make sure I trigger that action in the child, right? That's why it's not valuable to you and it's not sustainable. The child doesn't even understand why they're doing it. They're just doing it to get the reward, the candy, the break, the video time, the whatever. They just do it because they're being compliant, okay? Now... It looks to the therapist like massive progress, but at home, remember, these things aren't continuing. And that's why language facilitation is more valuable because you do it. It's not done in artificial environments that are controlled and manipulated. It's done in natural environments where you learn naturally on the fly. That's how you learned spoken language. And if you are bilingual, it's how you learned your second and third and fourth and other languages by being in immersive experiences where people were learning, right? Where people were speaking that language, you watch them, you learn from them and you adopted and took those things and then you use them later. That is what happens when parents use a language facilitation model. The outcome is more valuable because the experience is more valuable to the child and you because you're helping them be improving in their independence. They are picking up the job. You're motivating them to do these things on their own instead of with you hand over handing or helping them get it done. Okay. So the results are I think better. I think they're what you're looking for if you're watching this video. And if you are not seeing the, if you feel like these things are resonating with you, if it's too expensive or you don't know where the money's going, just flying away, I'm just paying for it because I'm supposed to, right? And they just, all they keep saying is not how many sessions you need to do, but just keep coming back next week and give me your insurance digits or your credit card number or whatever, okay? If you don't know where the money's going, it's a problem. It's a problem. It's not valuable. When you know where your money's going, that's value. Yeah, you do invest in things that are valuable to you. Your time, your money, your energy, okay? 
Let's keep going. So we've already talked about one through four. Number five is this. And that is that language facilitation is way more fun for both the facilitator and the lay talker. And yeah, I know, you know, speech therapy looks pretty fun too. The kids are playing and whatever. But when I'm talking about fun, I'm talking about successful. And it's fun because it's easy. It feels easy to you. And you see these great results. You don't dread the work. I promise you, even those speech therapists got a big smile on their face. If your child is the one that screams every time they go to the therapy, they're not looking forward to your session. They're not. They don't know what to do. If your child keeps crying, if they keep escaping, if they keep doing those things, they are telling you, the therapist and everybody else in the world, this is not fun. And I'm out. I'll start manipulating. They will. These late talkers will start manipulating the environment to make it more fun for them. But then they're not being controlled. And all those numbers of spontaneous speech and compliance and all that stuff, they start to go down. And then what do they do? When your child is making progress, they blame it on themselves. I made your child do great. But when your child is not making progress, they blame it on the child or they blame it on you. That's not fun. They just say, you're not doing enough. You're not doing the right things. You're not doing whatever. It's on you. And then maybe you feel because you've invested in this therapy that it's on them and you blame them. And that happens when you're not working together. It's not fun. Connected is fun. Progress is fun. Outcomes are fun. You don't think about the work if you're having fun every day. And even if you, the situation's not very fun because your child can't have what they want and you don't want to give it to them and there's a standoff, right? It doesn't feel like that's very fun. However, the first time you have a standoff and it doesn't result in a tantrum, it results in a negotiation and a win-win situation that your late talker, like you talked them down off of that situation, that feels fun and powerful, right? As a language facilitator, you have the ability, the power, and the opportunity to take advantage of language facilitation. And if you're not, then you're missing the value. And that's what this video is all about, is to remind you, if you are on the language facilitation journey, if you do have the workbook, if you have all this stuff going on, great. Don't give up. You're going to be tested on my other channel. In fact, let's talk about that right now. I have another YouTube channel. If you haven't seen the mindset work over here, I'm kind of separating it away from these nuts and bolts things because I've taken on this fight against these evidence-based, exchange-based, rewards-based, the positive and the negative reinforcements that they are focusing on, these therapists, yes, as long as I get the three things that I know he loves and three things I know he hates, I can be in control of this child. I just saw it in a professional. They told me this is what it takes when you've got a child who's aggressive or whatever, because they're trying to change your child's behavior by squashing it. 
and not allowing it into the world and helping turn it, shift it into spoken language. Because if these kids could talk, they would say how unhappy and uncomfortable and unvaluable this experience is for them. That's why they want to escape to find something more valuable, right? So on this new YouTube channel, we do the card readings over there. We do the woo-woo. We talk about the astrology, all of that stuff. And if you are interested in really elevating your results, then the energy work part is like icing on the cake for the language facilitation strategies, okay? Mindset is everything. And your idea about your impact is very important, very important. So it's important that your child sees your impact as valuable. Make your time valuable with your late talker and not get distracted by all these things in the outside world, okay? So um, let's get into now some coaching. If you are joining me live or on the replay and you have a question about your late talker, post it in the comments now. If I can't get to it on this video, I might use it as a comment or even a topic for a future video. So I'm really interested to know how this information, how is your experience with speech therapy, ABA therapy, whatever therapy, is it valuable, is it not? Go ahead and put that in the comments. And actually I've got one, um, a comment that I wanna share with you so that you can see how other parents are responding to this idea of you as the alternative to all those systemic things. And here it is. And I think maybe even the language facilitation inspiration cards, if I'm not correct, that I think that you guys are one of those that bought them. So he's communicating mainly through speech. I forget to work on his speech because he talks all day. We still need to work on clarity of speech and navigating a conversation, which is what you're gonna love in the third level of my new course. So stay tuned because obviously there are videos on the YouTube channel that work on social language and clarity of speech. And you can dig in, like I said, with more than 500, there's probably close to 600 videos by now on the YouTube channel. It might be challenging to find them through the keywords and stuff. So my new course is gonna be organizing those videos into sub areas so that you're going to be able to tune in to get to those levels. When we look in the workbook, we're going to be getting this, these kiddos up the levels. Okay. So I know with my whole heart that we would not have had the same awesome results with ABA, but more importantly to us, and this is again, where you see value where you see value because what's valuable to one person is not valuable to another one, but where this couple saw valuable was that it was a far more enjoyable and connecting experience because we're not talking about cleaning your house or riding a bike or going to work. We're talking about parenting a child who wants desperately to communicate with you, but they don't have spoken language and you have the power to teach them the spoken language they need to communicate with you. They do. And so Sashi says, I feel you are the revolution, which I love to be part of. But remember, I can't do this alone. It is your, I don't want to say confrontation, but just choice to not engage. How we make a difference in the system is we don't let it continue to succeed using unhelpful things. 
if there are people who are getting a lot of benefit, who see that kind of progress as valuable, leave them to it. Okay. The revolution begins when people leave things and just find their own way and start their own because those people will come join us. That's what I believe. That's the revolution. Okay, so I appreciate you and you guys are part of it by sharing this information, even if you share what you are doing with other people and let them know that you're brave, that you left therapy, that you made the choice to do it, that you don't agree with autism diagnosis. When somebody says your child should do say, I don't agree with it. I found better results without it by doing things myself and learning myself because there's resources available to teach me. I'm going to learn myself. That's what we want from you guys, okay? Now, here is a Q&A question that came in that is real language facilitation Q&A I want to talk to you about. Zaria is a fairly new watcher. I haven't seen her name before, and she was um, commenting on a uh, neuroplasticity video I did, a brain change video I did. And she was saying, could it be that speaking a second language for me is is affecting my child's speech? Should I get back to my mother tongue with him? And that was the, the initial question after I dug in a little bit in the comments. She shared that she's been working really hard with her late talking child. Um, and But she didn't know if she was on the right path because he's doing so much progress. However, his language development slowed down after we moved abroad. And so this is really something important that I want to share with parents. Remember, your child's mother tongue is their first language, even if they are not using it yet. They're a late talker. That is their foundation because, remember, all languages have structure, rules, song, and unique vocabulary. All of that is unique to each language, the rhythm of the language, the sentences, the phrasing, the way you, um, the way you put emphasis on words is unique to each language. And the way your child, your late talker is processing spoken language if you have a bilingual household is by hearing and they have heard, remember if they're not using spoken language, they haven't accessed it at the word level. They've accessed it at the noise, sound and pattern level. They also are using their visual understanding of what you're doing, the gestures, the objects that you show, those things as their guide to understand the spoken language that you're using to match the spoken language that you're using with the things that you are doing. Now, when you put your child, you take them out of an environment where one set of patterns, sounds, vocabulary, emphasis is being used all the time in all of their experience. And then you pull them out of that and you put them in a world where it's not so frequent anymore. It can be the same language stopped, like quiet household, or it can be a new language, which is even more distracting, or even the same language with new speakers. So like if you learned English and you feel like you're pretty good at English, but you end up living in Texas or Canada or Boston or New York, where they speak English in a different sort of way than they do the UK English that you learned or the standard English that you learned when you first moved here in Chicago and then you moved to Texas, they speak it differently, okay? So your late talker is in the same situation. They are listening to the sounds and patterns of the speech and they're combining it with what they see you do. And when they hear you say cup, 
of tea, they know, and you hold it in your hand and you drink it, they know that, aha, uh -huh, that's what's happening. Their plasticity is growing and learning. And they've done that up until you moved. So I don't know how old they were or whatever, but up until then they were matching the vocabulary with the visuals and they got some level of understanding. Then you moved and you changed it. So the exposure is different. Of course, the understanding is different. They're going to be confused. Wait a minute. It's different. It's a different. All the patterns are different and it takes some time and exposure with the new patterns to see the difference. Oh, language one sounds like this. Language two sounds like that. And that's how you develop the ability as a dual language speaker, bilingual speaker, to shift in your mind from my brain's thinking in language one versus thinking and processing in language two. It's like on your computer. If you type English in the word processing program and it's set for another language, the program is not going to understand it. When your child's brain is set for listening to a certain language, then they can learn all the patterns of it. So as a language facilitator, what your job is to do here is to set up Use the workbook to set up your four times a day. And then four times a day, you choose the language that you will facilitate. First language or second language. That's how you do both languages at the same time. You keep it activity specific. So for this half hour, we're all speaking in one language. Don't switch them and combine them. Because remember, your child needs to learn each one of the language's patterns. And so the reason that this late talker stopped talking so much is because he's in receptive mode. He's like, wait, this is different. I need to see in my own head, how is it different? Are you speaking one language or are you speaking another language so that I can put on my cognitive language processing listening ears and catch everything you're saying? Because if my brain is processing English and you're speaking in Hindi, I'm, it, no compute. It's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work. So this idea of spoken language development, again, it happens experientially. And so it doesn't matter what language you're trying to teach. Needs-based language, storytelling language, conversational language, better spoken language output. Each one of the levels of my new course are going to be using the same activities. What changes is your language models and your connection with the lay talker, because as you move up through the levels of their speech, their level of commitment also has to increase because in the levels of connection, at first your child is like, I don't even understand this gobbledygook you're saying to me. And by the end, they're like, I know what that means. Let me teach somebody else. That's how your connection evolves a late talker into a chatterbox who knows their speech so well that you can't shut them up, right? They won't stop sharing their wisdom with the world. The reality is they didn't stop doing it non-verbally. They've been doing it their whole life. You're just shifting this effort from non-verbal into verbal, from one language into the other. Non-verbal into verbal, Hindi into English, English into Hindi, Nonverbal into English, nonverbal into Hindi, Hindi into nonverbal into English, all this shifting of behavior, that's what language facilitation does. 
because you're in control of, I am facilitating this language about this topic at this time in the way that my child at their level or just above actually, because you're giving them the models that they're rising up to. This is how language facilitation works in any language, in any situation, with any level child. It's up to you to do the analysis, just like the speech therapist does, right? What makes this more valuable is you take the time to connect with this lay talker. You know everything about their life. You know what they enjoy. You know what works and what doesn't. And the therapist will trial and error and trial and error and trial and error, just like this late talking child is like, if I, nobody's going to teach me this new language, like you're going to go back and only teach one, the old language, or only teach the new language, I'm going to be on my own learning this other language because they're living in a place that's bilingual. Remember, it's all coming at them. So it has to be an organized job as a language facilitator. It's not, I'm telling you, it's not fly by the seat of your pants. If you want to see improvement, you put investment into this valuable intervention that you are facilitating two to three hours every single day. And you can. Parents are doing it. So that's how it works. Okay. So Blondie says, I'm confused about the activities and itinerary of the workbook. Let me show you really quick. I'm going to pull this back up so you can see. Um, I've got a graphic of the workbook that I want to share with you. This idea of what we're talking about, this itinerary. Should it pop up here? Yep. So four times a day, you have the opportunity to be the leader, the guider, the facilitator. And you choose these four things to do every day, right, as your topics of focus. This makes sure, this is your lesson plan, to make sure that at least four times a day, you are using a functional activity. This is the activity that you give more time to. So if you're going to choose to use first thing in the morning as your, I'm going to put this way, if you're going to choose first thing in the morning and getting dressed as your language facilitation time, then you have to give it more time because they're the in order to, to put something in that box, you have to eliminate all the expectations of success. It is a teaching time. It is not a testing time. And so as long as it takes to teach through that opportunity is as long as it takes. At first, you might spend 90 minutes trying to get your kid dressed. I hate to say that. It takes that long. It shouldn't. Most people give up and just get their kids dressed. But let's say it takes 15 minutes to get your child dressed because you're chasing them around and holding them down and doing these other things. Okay. With language facilitation, that time will decrease. So at first, you might spend 90 minutes getting that done. But once your child gets good at it, you'll just stand by assist as they get dressed on their own and it won't take very long. But then you won't use that as your language facilitation job anymore. You'll pick another one that your child needs assistance with. Because the goal here is to use the opportunity to help your child get more independent as the time you're teaching them their spoken language at the same time. They are 100% focused on the activity of getting dressed. If you facilitate, if you set it up right, there you are together in a joint community activity. And it takes as long as it takes. Now, the 
the workbook gives you four times a day that you set this up. And if you choose four times a day of things that your child does in a heartbeat, then you're not using this opportunity to your benefit. You want to pick things that they enjoy, that they need, that you already do every day, but they're not very good at. And they want to be better at. And you motivate them to be better at that thing four times a day. Sharing their ideas, playing with blocks, doing their hair, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. The workbook tells you how to find those opportunities to get them done. Okay? So, that's all I have from the old questions. I've got some new questions coming in. So, um, Kelly says, whoops, hang on. Oh, wait, here's the first question that came in. So, my son keeps repeating hi, but he's doing it because he knows I don't want him to. What do I do? Your son is triggering you on purpose, okay? He's doing things that you want to get your attention. It's the only language your son has. And if you are seeing at face value and not looking at the messages behind, why is your child getting your attention? Why don't you want him to say hi? Why, why, why? The answer to this is why. Now it's become a habit because you didn't address it. When you see things that you love, you got to address them. And when you see things that you don't love, you have to address them. Otherwise, they will continue. Your child is developing their own spoken language. If you are not in control, then they'll just keep doing what they're doing. And if they know they can trigger you by doing it and you get triggered and you keep getting triggered, get triggered, get triggered, get triggered over time, you're just teaching them the new pattern of how to annoy you. If it's become a habit, it's intentional, right? When I want to annoy mom, all I got to do is go, hi, 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 hi. So your son doesn't understand. This is not a cooperative experience. Your son is bringing you the idea of, I want to connect with you and talk about this situation. And you're ignoring it because you don't like the behavior you see. Instead of facilitating the change in it that you want to see. If you want to see something different, you got to do something different. If you keep doing what you're doing, shutting it down, you're going to keep getting more and more and bigger. Shutting down doesn't help anybody. Think about how you feel if someone shuts you down mid-sentence and they interrupt you. You didn't get your word across. It's no fun. Okay? So that's what's going on with you. Kelly says, no question but a comment. My daughter's speech therapist at school wants to give her an NAC device. I'm a bit nervous about that. You should be a bit nervous about that. You should. Because now your speech therapist wants to spend their IEP time, whatever time they have with your child, to work on the talkie box and not on spoken language. They don't believe in the time allotted that they can get your kid talking well enough for school. So they're just going to quit. They're not going to try at all with your late talker. And they're going to say she needs this talkie box to be successful in her classroom. And so in order for that, the teacher can't train her on this talkie box. That's a communication job. That's the speech therapist job. So now nobody at school. In fact, it's already if they've already said we want to do the talkie box, they quit. They quit teaching your kid to talk. They for, They don't know how. They don't have enough time. They certainly don't have enough time, especially at school. 
The way you get a therapist to stop asking you to give your kid an AAC device is you get them functional and talking yourself. And you say, my child can talk. They don't need a talkie box. And this is what you say now to the speech therapist. I'm sorry, you're not seeing my child's speech at school. I'm able to facilitate it here in the house. And I know she has needs-based language. She can at least say single words, a few, to get what she wants. Because she's not doing it at school is the school's fault and responsibility. Their job is to make her feel comfortable enough and empowered enough to use her speech at school instead of shutting her talking down because they're all going to be like, you didn't push the button right. You didn't do it right. It's, a, it's steps backwards. So you should be nervous about it. Ask them why. Talk about your child's spoken language. Tell them that that is what you want and refuse it. You have the right to refuse it. And you want to tell that speech therapist that their IEP goals talk about speech and not expression through a communication device or nonverbal or verbal. And maybe they wrote those things into your child's IEP goals. Therapists love to do that. It gets them out of the job of having to teach your kid to talk. All I got to do is teach them the more sign. And I'll just keep working on that for a couple months until they get the more sign. And then I'll teach them the please sign. And that'll get them a couple more months. And there is no speech. There is no speech. Still, your child is echolalic and responding to the devices and listening to you and saying pop out words all over the place. But they don't know. There is no guidance for language learning. Only substitute nonverbal needs-based expressions. Behavior. It's all behavior. They want to teach your kid to communicate with behavior because they don't like the behavior your child's using now. They just want to swap one behavior for another. That's what AAC devices do. Because it's easy to teach kids behavior, especially with the reinforcement. All they got to say is, I want sucker, and somebody gives them a sucker. I want apple. They get an apple. Oh, this is easy. And they get lots of progress and the parents say, look how well he's communicating. And you say, yeah, it's not with speech. I want speech. My child wants speech. This is a waste of time, money, and energy focus that we should be focusing on the value of speech, not just the value of getting what you want. Your kid already knows how to get what they want. They just don't like the way they're communicating it at school. Okay, so you should be nervous and you should be brave and you should talk to them about what you're doing. Okay, this medicine for mucus is wait, whoops, sorry. My son used to not take medicines in the past. I used to say, you feel bad. You have to take medicine and you will feel better. Never worked. This time I used language facilitation. I told him this medicine is for mucus and this is for cough and they will help to withdraw the mucus from your body. And he took the medicines, right? So here is somebody who gives her kid credit to be smart enough to manage his own self and not need to be controlled. You're sick, you need medicine, right? You think this child doesn't know he feels sick? You think this child doesn't know that wouldn't take the medicine if he understood that the medicine would make him feel better? This mom figured it out. You said, 
I'm going to teach my child what they need to do. And I'm going to empower them to do even the tough job of taking this nasty medicine. Because I'm going to show them the value, the value, right? You will feel better, never worked. Your child didn't see the value in you seeing them as feeling better. In fact, that makes your life better when they feel better. You don't connect with them. You don't give them extra goodies. You don't give them extra hugs. You don't, you go do your own thing when they're okay. But when they're needy, when they don't feel well, when they're having symptoms, they want you to know and be by them and watch them and monitor them and be by them all the time. You'll feel better is not the result this child wants. This child wants the mucus gone. <laughs> and they understand it because they deal with it every day, 24-7. That gunk in your head, this makes it go away. Give me the stuff. Give me the stuff. Right? They know what it feels like to deal with a gunky head. So I love it. So Dionata says that makes sense. And that's about this... Um, about this high, 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 high habit. Remember, your kids are developing habits because that's their new language. And their habits, they're going to keep doubling down and doubling down and doubling down on these habits if you don't draw the boundaries and make negotiations because these are messages. Hey, aren't you hearing me? Aren't you hearing me? Aren't you hearing me? Aren't you hearing me? I'm going to keep doing this until you hear me. Your child deserves to be heard. They want to be heard. They're not going to stop communicating until you hear them and respond to them. Because if you don't, eventually they will find someone else. And if they can't find another human, they'll turn to their devices or they'll turn inward into their own self. They need connection. They need your inspiration. They need your ideas. They need your support. They need your care. And they need you to give them the stuff they want that they can't get by themselves. They need you. And use it. That's your job as a language facilitator. You have a connection. Your child is coming to you 24-7 because they need you. They're telling you what they want from you with their behavior. Give it to them. Give them reasons. Talk to them through it. Give them credit for being smart. They'll shut you down if you're talking too much. But they'll also shut you down if you're talking down at them, if you patronize them, if you ignore them. You're going to get that back. They mirror that back to you. Your late talker wants value from you. They don't want to be controlled. They don't want to be manipulated. They want value. And when you present them with a valuable experience, two to three hours a day, you will see a difference in their spoken language, in their trying, in their effort, in their compliance, in all those things that you want, that you've been trying to force or that ABA tries to force. You'll get better, faster, easier results and have a better time with language facilitation. I know it. It works. The parents on this video even said it works. Trust them. And visit wavesofcommunication.com if you want to see all the resources. The links are in the description. Join me on both channels. You'll see it if you Google my name. Just subscribe to both of them and they'll come in your feed and your little notifications because... The energy work is important. 
I want you to have access to it. If you don't believe in it, you don't believe in it, but it is the icing on the cake. It is what helps people get the better results. With a whole range of waves of communication resources, from free content to customized coaching, you now have access to everything you need to elevate spoken language to infinite success. You are welcome to get your journey started with my 11-week language facilitation journey to speech workbook. You can access this workbook and all of the language facilitation resources on my website, wavesofcommunication.com.